Well, praise the Lord. I'm thankful he lives this morning. Would you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23, verse 5 today? The book of Psalm, chapter 23, verse 5. We're continuing our journey through this wonderful, beloved Psalm that most of us are probably familiar with. And the verse we're looking at this morning is very deep. It has a lot of things in it that I want us to get into. So, uh, let's dive into it this morning, and in doing so, I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you had a really bad day? Uh, I, I'm talking about bad. Maybe it's been recently, or uh, maybe you have felt in times past that your whole world was falling apart, and, and life had a way of just beating you down. Uh, and you just had a bad day. I heard a story one time of a man who was filling out an accident form for his insurance company after uh, he had an accident on the job. And after concluding that none of the lines on the form clearly communicated his situation, he decided that he would attach a letter to the accident form to give more detail on what happened in his accident. And I wrote that letter down. I want to read to you what he said in that letter. He said, Dear Sir, I want to explain the details of what put me in the hospital. He said, I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of my accident, I was working alone on the roof of a brand new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had over 500 pounds of bricks left over. Rather than carrying down the bricks by hand, I decided to lower them down in a barrel uh, by using a pulley system that was attached to the building at the top of the sixth floor. He said, securing the rope at the ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope and holding it tightly to ensure the slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You will notice in box number 11 of the accident form that I weigh 135 pounds. Due to my surprise of being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded in a rapid fashion up the side of the building. Around the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains my broken arm and my shattered collarbone. I continued my rapid ascent up the building, not stopping until my fingers on my right hand were deep into the pulley. This explains my two broken fingers. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my sense of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground at the bottom, and the bottom of the barrel fell out in which the bricks also emptied from the barrel. Devoid of all the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you now back to my weight in block number 11 of 135 pounds. As you might imagine, I began now a rapid descent down the side of the building. Around the third floor, I met the barrel once again, this time me coming down and it coming up. This accounts for my two fractured ankles and my dislocated left kneecap. 
Slowed only slightly, I landed on the pile of bricks beneath me. This explains the three, uh, the cracked three vertebrae in my back. Finally, while laying on the pile of bricks and looking at the empty barrel six stories above me, I was relieved it was over and I finally let go of the rope. You can only imagine what happened next as that barrel came crashing right back down on that man. Have you ever had a day like that? I mean, everything's going wrong. You can't get nothing right. Maybe we need to get a little bit more personal this morning. Maybe you've experienced something so bad that it even left you wondering if God really loved you. Maybe you've experienced something so bad in life that you've asked questions like, why this? Why me? Why now? If I were honest with you this morning, there has been times in my own life when I couldn't enjoy the blessings of God because I was so in battle with the trials of this world. And some of you may be a little holier than I am, but I've had days like that, that it was hard for me to look around and see how blessed I was because I was so entangled with the problems of life. If you've ever been there, or maybe if you're there right now, then Psalm 23 verse five is for you and I want us to dig deep into it this morning to really understand what David's trying to say here. He says in this verse, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And we thank you so very much for the opportunity to be back again online and to worship you with the fine folks that's gathered their families around this morning and i pray dear god that uh, the words that you put on my heart i'll be able to communicate communicate clearly and effectively uh, god that uh, even the smallest child might be able to understand what your word is for us this morning god speak to us we pray in your name amen listen even if you don't believe it this morning, David teaches us here that God is working in and through our lives. Even in the bad days, God is working. Even in the problems of our lives, God is doing something glorious. I want you to notice, number one, what David said. The ability of his provision is securing. The ability of his provision is securing. Notice what he said there. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now at first, when you read this verse, it seems as though David is deviating from his topic of the shepherd and the sheep that we've been looking at. But after a close examination, that's really not the case at all. One of the greatest responsibilities of a shepherd was to be sure that the sheep were well fed. He had to make sure they had plenty of food. And because of the timid nature of the sheep, the shepherd would have to clear away all of the obstacles uh, for the sheep for it to be able to eat. He'd have to clear away all the potential enemies near the sheep or the sheep would not eat. And David compares that field that the shepherd worked in to a table here in verse 5. Thou preparest a table, or thou preparest a field before me in the presence of mine enemies. It's a reminder that the shepherd would go before the sheep. 
He would remove the poisonous plants and he would make sure there was ample water. Uh, he would push away the coyotes and the wolves. He would take oil and pour the oil down in the snake holes on the ground so when the snakes would come up, oftentimes sheep would be trying to eat and while their faces were to the ground, the snakes would come up out of their holes and bite them and so the shepherd would pour oil in that hole so when the snakes would try to come up, the oil would cause them to slide back down into the hole. This was the security that the shepherd provided so that the sheep could eat in peace. Friend, we too are surrounded uh, by a world full of enemies. And we too, just like the sheep of the pasture, we too need a shepherd to push back our enemies. Thus, David says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What a joy, what a blessing it is that even in the storms of life, we can sing the song of victory. That's what David's talking about here. That even when things are bad, as believers, we're still able to sing the sweet song of victory. Some years ago, an artist was painting a picture. He wanted to depict what real victory looked like. And what he depicted in his painting was a storm taking place in a forest and the trees are blowing back and forth and the rain is coming down sideways and the lightning's flashing and the clouds are rolling in. And in the midst of all that chaos, and one of the trees was a little bird and that little bird was standing there with his chest stuck up high and it was singing that song uh, that was in its heart. Friend, that's the picture of the Christian. Friend, just because you're right in the midst of a monsoon of life, just because you're right in the midst of a storm of life, you can stick your chest out high this morning and sing with the rest. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming love. Christian, I stop by here to encourage you this morning. this morning. Now, you know and I know that the Bible wasn't originally written in chapters and verses. We know that. And knowing this, when you do a little digging, you'll find out that Psalm chapter 23 and Psalm chapter uh, 22 and Psalm chapter 24 all were sung together by the Jews. So the Jews, they would sing these psalms that we have here in the book of Psalms. And they would sing the psalm, Psalm 22. And then after they sung Psalm 22, they'd go to Psalm 23, the psalm we've been looking at. And then after they finished the Psalm 23, they'd go straight into the Psalm 24. And they would sing these three psalms together every time. Which is interesting to me because in Psalm chapter 22, we find in that chapter that the shepherd is dying for us. We find in that chapter almost a prophecy of what was going to come to Jesus on the cross. Actually, in verse number 1 of chapter 22, we read the words that Jesus himself spoke on the cross. My God, my God, why, why is thou forsaken me? So in Psalm 22, the shepherd is dying for us. 
Then we get to Psalm 23, the psalm we've been looking at. We find in this chapter the shepherd living among us. He's with his sheep. Then we get to Psalm 24 and we find the shepherd coming again for us. Again, we know our world is full of enemies trying to come against us. Sins trying to trip us up. But Psalm 22 tells us that Jesus, our great shepherd, has already overcome sin. He's already overcome this world. The victory has already been won. My favorite verse of all the scripture, if I could choose one, is John 16, 33. Jesus said these things. I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In this world you will have great tribulation. But be of good cheer for I have already overcome the world. Listen, I've got a shepherd this morning uh, that I'm waiting to have, that I love and who loves me. Uh, that's not uh, that I'm waiting on him to win the victory. I'm not waiting on him to win the battle. Friend, he's already won the battle. He already has conquered the enemy. And you and I can sit back and enjoy the blessings of that victory this morning. Listen, the cross was no afterthought to God. It was on Calvary that a spiritual war took place. Jesus fought the battle against sin and against death and against hell. And by the way, He won that battle and He stands victorious today. So He prepares a table in Psalm 22. He, he, he's on the cross. He dies three days later. He gets up and He says in Psalm 22, Come and feast at my table called grace. Then in Psalm 23, he says, uh, now that I've prepared it, in Psalm 22, in Psalm 23, now he says, come and sit down at the table. Through the provision of the cross, he's able to provide us a security. In spite of being surrounded by enemies, in spite of being surrounded by the coyotes of compromise, uh, and in spite of being surrounded by the wolves of wickedness, He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Listen to me, dear friend. Uh, I want you to write it down big, bold, and straight. Even though we live in a defeated world, we do not have to live defeated lives. We can live a life of victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me show you how practical this verse is. Uh, and in doing so, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a place in your life or found yourself doing things that you swore you'd never do again? Yeah. I mean, you, you did it, and you asked the Lord for forgiveness, and you say to yourself, and you even say to God, God, I'll never do this thing again. But then you find yourself doing it again. Maybe you say to God, no more lies. I'm not going to lie any longer. Or maybe you say no more pornography or no more gossip or no more bitterness or no more compromise. What enemy is it that keeps rearing its ugly head? Arrogance? Alcohol? Adultery? Are the lions of lust or the goats of guilt or the bears of burdens or the reptiles of rebellion or the flies of filth keep attacking you? It isn't what those are thinking who live around you that keep you up at night. 
It's what you know about yourself and what God knows about you that keeps you up at night. Hear me closely. Jesus will provide a table in the presence of your enemies. But you've got you to accept the invitation. You've got to come to him. Well, preacher, I can't live this life on my own. You are 1,000% correct. You and I need a shepherd. We have to come to this idea that once we are, uh, or we have come to this idea uh, that once we are saved by grace, then it's left up to us to walk with God. Friend, listen to me. You needed grace before you, were, you got saved. You needed grace when you got saved. You need grace after you get saved. Every day of your life, you need grace upon grace upon grace. No wonder John said John 1 16 that he giveth grace upon grace. He gives us grace this day. He gives us grace this hour. He gives us grace this minute and grace upon grace upon grace. The hymn writer said there is grace for every need. Grace for you. Grace for me. We need grace. Listen, in the presence of our enemies, God says, come unto me. In the presence of our enemies, God says, come walk with me. Come live with me. There's a feast. Pull up a chair and dine at God's table of grace. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, I feel like there's a lot of theological wisdom in Dennis the Menace cartoons in the newspaper. Some years ago, Dennis the Menace and his old pal Joey were leaving Mr. Wilson's house. And as they're leaving, they're carrying handfuls of, uh, of cookies that Mrs. Wilson had given them. Thought we've been good to give us all these cookies. And Dennis replied, no, Joyce, she didn't give us these because we're good. She gave us these because she's good. Listen to me, we have the grace of God not because we're good. We can carry around handfuls of grace because He is good. Because God is good, grace finds us beggars and it leaves us blessed. I want you to notice the second thing in this verse. He says that the anointing of His provision is soothing. The anointing of His provision is soothing. Now notice what he said. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now there's three basic purposes as it related to a shepherd, his sheep, and the oil. He would use the oil as a repellent. That was the first thing. He would use the uh, oil as an ointment. And the shepherd would use the oil as a conflict preventative. The worst enemy to the sheep are not the wolves. The worst enemy to the sheep are not the coyotes or the snakes or the bears. You ought to know what the worst enemy to sheep are. Tiny little nose flies. These little nose flies are so annoying that it literally will drive the sheep totally insane. These flies will fly up the sheep nose and 
lay eggs that will produce a worm-like larva. And there's nothing that the sheep can do to prevent the flies from getting up into their nose. And oftentimes the sheep would get uh, so annoyed with these nose flies in their uh, nose cavities that they would oftentimes bash their heads against trees and rocks to try to get some relief. Oftentimes sheep would accidentally kill themselves by bashing their head up against the rocks and the trees to get rid of this sound and the annoyance of the nose flies. So the shepherd would anoint the sheep with oil to help with this. He'd take his little bag of essential oils. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, he, would, he would take his bag of oil and he would uh, uh, anoint the head and the oil that he anointed the head of the, uh, of the sheep with would kill the eggs and the larva inside the nose. And it would also serve as a repellent to keep the flies away uh, again. Maybe today you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation and you need the soothing presence of the shepherd in your life. Maybe you wanted health, but you've got disease. Maybe you prayed for healing, but that loved one died anyway. Maybe you were thinking and praying and expecting a raise, but a pay cut came instead. Maybe you, uh, you yourself promised till death do us part, but your spouse had different plans. Maybe you're in a place that you would do anything to press the rewind button in life. Hear me, the soothing oil of the Holy Spirit is available to each of us. He will calm us and He will provide completeness in our lives. Uh, I'm not sure what's causing you to beat your head in frustration this morning, but I do know that the key is for you to turn to God and not away from God. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Paul said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, listen to this phrase, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Listen, when life beats you down, it's the Spirit of God that gives you peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever, as a Christian, ever been going through something in life and somebody knows you're going through something in life and they come up to you and say, how is it that you're going through this but yet you still got a smile on your face? How is it that you can bear such burdens and still have joy? Listen to me this morning. He'll give you courage to look to the future rather than look into the past. He'll give you strength to wake up in the morning and start each day afresh and anew. When you feel like you're out of options, I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit will give you hope this morning. Amen. Another use of the oil was conflict preventative. I told you that. During mating season, sheep were somewhat rambunctious. 
Normally, sheep are calm and passive, but not during mating season. I, I, I could almost imagine uh, seeing a ram standing there and a female walks by him and he says, well, hello, baby. But her boyfriend is standing nearby and he says, hey, bucko, who do you think you're eyeballing and talking to? And then all of a sudden, them two male sheep begin to ram heads. Sounds like a bunch of Baptists, don't it? I bet there's Baptist sheep. So the shepherd would anoint the heads of the sheep with oil so that when they would go to ram heads, that oil would allow them to bounce off one another more easily. So the sheep would not hurt one another. The same's true with us. We can get so easily irritated with one another uh, to the point that sometimes we begin to butt heads. Maybe you're here and you don't want anything to do with God because somebody hurt your feelings in the church some years ago. Maybe there is a disagreement with a family member this morning and it's left you wounded and left you lonely. Maybe your need for recognition causes you to compete with others and therefore you butt heads a lot. What I'm trying to point out is we all have different personalities. We all have different goals in life. And then because of that, we butt heads and oftentimes we get wounded. That is why we need the presence of God. We need His help when we are wounded. We need His help not to wound others. In this field called life, it's the way of, it has its way of taking its toll with aging, with loss, with illness and conflicts. All these things hurt us. Pain and injustice hurt us. But the shepherd is there to soothe us. Through it all. Even the valleys can be turned into mountaintops when the shepherd pours the oil of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And by the way, very quickly before we get to the last point. Do you know how the sheep were anointed? Maybe you've been doing research as we've been going through this study. Have you found how the sheep were anointed by the shepherd? When the shepherd would come with his bag of oil and the sheep saw him coming, the sheep would lower their heads because they knew they were about to get the soothing ointment that they needed. If you and I this morning are to be soothed by the presence of our shepherd, let me say you and I too must humble ourselves. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and following says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. His presence will bring soothing relief to your life. If you need it this morning, He's here to give it to you. Just humble yourself before Him and He'll give it to you. So first of all, we've seen this verse. The ability of His provision is securing. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies and secures us a way to eat from the table of grace even when we're surrounded by problems. Secondly, David shows us the anointing of his provision is soothing. Thou anointest my head with oil. Whenever I humble myself, God soothes my life with what I need. But he shows us a third thing. 
And that is the abundance of his provision is satisfying. The abundance of his provision is satisfying. I love how David ends this verse. He says, my cup runneth over. What David's saying is that he is totally satisfied in the Lord. Brother Matthew, I've ate from the tables of this world. I've drunk from the wells of this world. But I'm here to tell you, I've also drunk from the well of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm fully satisfied Amen. with Him this morning. If you've ever walked with the Lord for any sort of time, then you know that in the Lord Jesus, we have all we need. Yeah. Everything we need. To give the sheep good, clean water, the shepherd would get the water oftentimes for his sheep from a well. But where uh, in back in Bible days, especially when the Psalms were written, clean, good water was hard to find. So the shepherd would go to a well to find such water. The issue was the bucket he used to get the water out of the well usually was less than a gallon. So he would only be able to pull up less than a gallon full of water at a time. So what the shepherd would do, he would pour that water from those buckets into stone cups to be able to retrieve more water. So he would line up stone cups around the edge of the well. He would pull his bucket up and he'd begin to fill these stone cups up. He'd put his bucket back down in the well, pull up more water, and begin to fill up more of those cups. He would fill those cups to overflowing so the sheep could have a more easy way to drink the water. That's what David is trying to paint a picture of here. Is that the Lord Jesus, uh, in Him my cup runneth over. For myself, I can't get the water that I need for myself. I can't get enough water to drink for myself. Oh, but the shepherd will take his bucket and begin to fill my cup up and my cup runneth over because of it. If I had a thousand lives to live, I'd give them all to Jesus. I found him to be a good shepherd and I'm satisfied, completely, wholly satisfied with him this morning. What about you? You satisfied with the Lord? A girl was heard praying one time uh, at the dinner table by her grandmother. She said, Lord, fill my cup. I can't hold much, but I can overflow lots. Praise God, I can't hold much, but I can overflow lots this morning. In the Middle East, back, especially back in ancient times, biblical times, when eating as a guest in a home, of somebody, you know you're welcome to stay as long as the host keeps coming by the table and refilling your cup. Once the refill stopped, that was a way to tell you, get out of my house. It's too late, it's time for you to go home. But if the host came by and began to refill your cup and they overflowed your cup, here's what that meant. It meant you could stay as long as you want. You're welcome here. 
David's trying to paint a picture for us this morning that God's saying, come to my table and stay as long as you want. Amen. You're welcome at my table. I believe Jesus is saying to us this morning, pull up to my table of grace. And by the way, you can stay as long as you want. You are welcome right here. Listen, His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary. Uh, out of His infinite riches, He giveth and giveth and giveth and giveth again. And David says, because of that, my cup runneth over. If I could quote a song, it'd simply be this. It's one of my favorite hymns. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Issues of life will begin to pass away. The grease marks of guilt and the pains of life will vanish. And for the first time, we'll see that we are complete in the shadow of His provision. In closing this morning, as we come to a time of invitation, I stopped here this morning to simply tell you, you can find completeness in the shepherd this morning. He giveth and He giveth and He giveth again. John 1.16 He giveth grace upon grace. Whatever your need is this morning, I'm telling you there's completeness in the shadow of His provision. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Do you feel surrounded this morning? Do you feel surrounded by the enemies of this world? He'll prepare a table before you. He'll let you dine at His table of grace, but you must come to Him. Thou anointest my head with oil. Would you humble yourself this morning? Come to the Good Shepherd. Allow Him to pour the soothing oil of the Holy Spirit into your life. Onto your problems, onto your family, onto your job, onto your finances, onto your friendships your relationships. And once I come to the table of grace, and once I allow the shepherd to anoint me with his oil, I can sit back and proudly proclaim, my cup runneth over. Do you want that in your life this morning? Then why don't you talk to him? Right now, right there where you are, talk to Him. If you've never been saved, I beg you this morning, get born again. Get saved right now, would you? In the powerful name of Jesus, ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Come into your heart. Make you a new person. Be saved today. Maybe you're watching your you're listening this morning and you say, Preacher, I know I'm saved, but I feel like I'm surrounded by the enemies of this world. God will provide for you a table of grace in the presence of your enemies. He will allow for your cup to be overfilled this morning. Would you come to Him? 
Psalm 24 tells us our great shepherd is coming again for us. And I believe he's coming soon and very soon. But until that day comes, dear weary pilgrim, press on. Come to Jesus. Allow him to take care of you today. Allow him to take care of that problem. And he'll do it this morning. Would you pray with me, Father? In Jesus' precious, powerful, holy name, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks truth into our life. The, 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 the truths that we can glean from these words of life, how they encourage us, how they challenge us, how they convict us. I pray, God, whatever you've spoken to hearts all over the world this morning and this week, I pray, dear God, that we not only listen and hear, your words, but we do something with them. Lord, that we not push away from your table, but Lord, we belly up to your table. There's plenty. There's plenty of grace this morning. God, you've told us to go around to all of us, and I pray, no matter what the need is across the land today, that you and the Holy Spirit of God will just speak to that heart and show people and tell people that they're welcome to come and eat and dine from the Master's table. Lord, we'll leave this place and we'll leave this time of worship this morning shouting and praising my cup runneth over for what you've done in our life. Thank you, Lord, for being a God that giveth and giveth and giveth again. In Jesus' sweet name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you this morning for watching with us and tuning in with us and worshiping with us. God willing, we'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock, so we look forward to seeing you then. We appreciate you. Good day, and God bless you.